0: Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Weaver On-Chain podcast series, where we dive into various topics in the crypto industry with guest speakers who are deeply involved in the space. I'm your host, Tim Savage, tax partner with Weaver. I lead Weaver's blockchain and digital assets practice. I am so excited to feature today's guest, Christine Cranley. Christine is an investment, investment advisor representative and director of business development with PM Squared Financial an RIA firm based in Fort Worth, Texas. She is also the founder of the education company, Noah's Bitcoin. Christine is passionate about educating others on financial literacy, macroeconomics, sound money, Bitcoin, and blockchain technology. Her firm was one of the first in Texas to grant cryptocurrency exposure to their clients and offers accredited investors opportunities to invest in Bitcoin mining through stranded natural gas resources in partnership with the Texas-based mining company, Giga Energy. Christine, so excited to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. It's such an honor to be here.
0: So with all of our guests, i love to just kick off with how did you get into crypto and what's interesting about it and and where are you now?
1: Well, one of my favorite questions, actually, because I come from a very um, unconventional route. Um, I had spent... Many years doing nonprofit work in New York City, uh, working with pregnant women who were looking to give life to their children and trying to find the resources that they needed to do that. And so um, I started in kind of that nonprofit aspect, but I eventually ended up in commercial property management in Washington, D.C. And I was there until most recently when the pandemic shut down our building and eventually, after a year, ended up forcing the commercial property that that I was helping to run into foreclosure. So it enabled me to kind of flee back to Texas. And right at that time, I went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, so to speak. I started researching about all the money printing that's happening and the whole idea of sound money and what happens during times of inflation. And I thought a lot about my original experience with, say, the women that were looking for just the capacity to give life to their child. And in situations like that, if you don't have the financial stability that you need, um, it ends up being sometimes a matter of life and death. And so just kind of thinking through the issues of what happens during inflation and how it's often the poor that are the most hurt by that because they're living paycheck to paycheck. So I really just fell in love with Bitcoin and and the whole world that it opened up to me, right? It's not just Bitcoin, but this whole idea of sound money and and this, this capacity to store wealth in something that you can't just print more of. So when I came back to Texas, I started an education company called Noah's Bitcoin, kind of in honor of the flood, Noah's Ark, right? Um, The hope that maybe there's something that can help the boats to rise when inflation comes. And I just started talking to anybody who would listen to me about it. And in the course of my speaking... The registered investment advisor firm where I now work heard of the work that I was doing and gave me a call and said, hey, would you like to sit for your Series 65, come partner with us and help educate our clients on the investment thesis of Bitcoin?
0: Oh, my gosh, that is a wonderful backstory. And, you know, a lot of people that I speak to about Bitcoin and just crypto in general, but especially Bitcoin, COVID was a launching uh, point for people to start doing the research, one, because there was more time for being quarantined and locked in uh, at home, but but also, you know, we did see a lot of money get printed out of um, thin air almost instantly, and, and that does bring some thoughts. I mean, you, you look at that objectively and understand that, okay, this probably isn't the best for our economy, and, and now we're kind of seeing the repercussions of that, um, in talking with you uh, last time we saw each other at a conference, what you made a comment of saying, you know, I find myself becoming more and more Bitcoin maxi. And I thought that was interesting because I myself am going through that uh, kind of similar journey and that I, I love blockchain, I love crypto assets, but I, I do gravitate towards Bitcoin as being a, a sound uh, crypto asset much more than, than what's out there.
1: Absolutely. Um, yeah. It, it, you know, when you first jump in, um, it's also exciting and blockchain. Everyone's always talking about blockchain is the future. And and I think that it is in a lot of ways, but I'm not sure that blockchain is necessarily suited for everything. I, I, I think the jury's out on that. And the truth is, we're very new with a lot of this stuff. And uh, the SEC has already indicated that with Bitcoin, they think of it as a commodity, and that's because it's it's decentralized, right? There's no controlling entity for Bitcoin. But a lot of these other projects, they're leaning toward naming them securities or all of them securities or most of them securities. And what defines a security is the fact that it's controlled by a team. And so that team is then responsible. You know, Did they print a bunch ahead of time or mine a bunch ahead of time and give them to their And, you know, there's a need for transparency and they don't always, they're not always capped. And so I, as now that I'm in the financial services realm, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm more of a fiduciary now to people that I'm speaking to. And it's really important to me to help them understand that Bitcoin is not the same thing as cryptocurrency. It uses blockchain technology, but it's 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 very dangerous, I think, to equate the two of them. They're they're both exciting in their own ways, but really important to understand the differences.
0: Yeah, certainly agree. I think it's very important to understand Bitcoin as it was originally intended to be an electronic peer-to-peer digital cash system, which begs the question of what is money and what actually you know, what do we use as medium exchanges, units of accounts? Um it, it takes you down that rabbit hole, and I, I think a lot of people experience very similar, uh, the same trajectory of as they go through, and then they come out understanding a lot more about macroeconomics, about our current monetary situation, um, and how Bitcoin as a money network, as it grows and scales, um, is likely to go going to be a very good thing for, uh, for our world. As part of today's conversation. Uh, you know, I, w- I wanted to talk about what you're doing, and ex- especially in the um, like the sustainable, fair gas mining, uh, what you and your firm are doing. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you just talk about it for a little bit?
1: Absolutely. It, it's it's really exciting to me um, because I started with Bitcoin and the investment thesis of Bitcoin and 21 million fixed supply. But the more that you look at the asset, I mean, it just takes you down all the rabbit holes and just you see the beauty of it in so many different ways. There's a saying amongst the community, come for the gain, stay for the revolution, right? And so if you're looking at Bitcoin, then you can't but think also about the infrastructure and um, investing in it. And um, so our firm had looked at several hundreds, I think, of different investment um, opportunities to invest in the Bitcoin mining space. But we focused, we were looking specifically for stranded natural gas Bitcoin mining opportunity and asked around about who were the best stranded natural gas Bitcoin miners that people knew of in Texas and were pointed to this young company, Aggie founded Giga Energy. And what they're doing is they are mining Bitcoin with stranded natural gas. So as you, I'm sure, know, when you drill for oil, natural gas is a waste product. And so a lot of these oil fields, they have no way to monetize that natural gas by there's no infrastructure built out to those fields by which they could sell that gas to a pipeline and bring it to market. And so what's typically done is it's flared and you see all the flames you know, throughout the oil fields or vented, um, but it does cause a problem for the environment with the methane going up. So even with the flaring, uh, you still only get like 92% of the emissions mitigated in that way. And so with stranded natural gas Bitcoin mining, the miners are able to take generators and transform that waste gas into power. Um, and by just planting their generators and their data boxes out on the oil fields and so for these oil fields, maybe it's a new stream of income for them um, they're selling the natural gas at a lot less than if they could get it to market but they're not having to do the mitigation and for some oil fields if if they're looking for permitting they're going to have to have a plan for the mitigation within 18 months anyway so, it's a bit of a match made in heaven in my mind. Um, I'd love to see a Bitcoin mine on every oil field. But so we're investing in giga energy, his, who's doing precisely that and giving our investors an opportunity to capitalize on Bitcoin mined for very cheap. Um And so participate in the infrastructure and also strengthening the Texas economy and, you know, helping out the oil fields and helping out in the environment. So it's kind of a win-win-win situation for all involved. So that's what we're investing in as PM Squared Financial at this time, in addition to purchasing Bitcoin and getting getting it for our clients.
0: (laughs) So absolutely fantastic, Christine. Uh, Just to rehash kind of those three points that you just... uh, walked us through. So a win-win-win in terms of win in reducing carbon emissions, uh, a win in monetizing the stranded and wasted energy sources, and then a win in allowing investors to come in and be able to participate in this and, and uh, adding jobs to the economy, helping local uh, jurisdictions and, and states and driving tax revenue. Uh, these are all very good things. i I, this is what's so exciting to me about this whole new industry is getting to watch it play out. One thing that I think, and I discussed this with Steve in our last episode, but one thing I think where the industry is experiencing right now is an attack on, the, um, kind of by the ESG narrative. Um, you know, talking about how it uses energy, and uh, one statement that I think is totally false is the. You know, Bitcoin mining is a waste of energy, which is it's absolutely not. And and that, to me, demonstrates a, a pretty foundational misunderstanding of, of why we need the energy. So maybe in a, just a quick few minutes, why do you think energy is necessary? And, and how does that play into just Bitcoin mining in general? Great question.
1: You know, a lot of people want to criticize Bitcoin and point out, well, what's it what's it backed by? It's magic in internet money. It's nothing, right? Um, but the truth is, it's backed by energy, because it does take a uh, amount of energy to secure the network. And so, part of the issue that we're seeing with a lot of the misunderstanding around this field is they don't understand the value of Bitcoin, right? The value of Bitcoin is in the fact that it is capable. Of securing the fruit of a day's labor um, of the whole world. If 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 the world were all to invest in it as a store of asset value, then then you would have basically the value of the fruit of millions of lives, right? Invested into that asset. And so if you think about our current monetary system, there's a tremendous amount of energy, whether that be in the traditional financial banking system, there's a tremendous amount of energy, much more than is used for the Bitcoin network in order to secure that wealth. Or if we're talking about gold mining, because traditionally gold has been looked to as a store value asset, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to dig it out of the ground and to refine it and to secure it. And so Bitcoin's energy usage is at the service of protecting it. And if you want, we can go, go into further about why that is. But the neat thing about that is that the value of Bitcoin then ends up being inextricably linked to energy because, you know, we don't value something that we get for free. And if we can just print a bunch more of it, um, or, or you know, proof of stake, the idea is you collect it all up and you lock it up and then you get more. So the rich get richer kind of idea. But with Bitcoin, proof of work, you've got to do the work. You've got to use the energy to produce the Bitcoin. And so energy is really at the heart of what underlies the value of Bitcoin. And so I do believe over time, um, if the price of energy goes up, then it seems obviously in investment, there's no guarantees, anything, you know, there's always a risk, but it seems that it, it's going to need to be pegged to the value of energy because it's a, it's, it's lifeblood to keep it alive.
0: Yeah. So that energy not only provides value as kind of just a base monetary value to the network, but it also provides security to the network. And, and that is so, so critical to, to being able to have a decentralized digital cash system. Absolutely. I go I go back to Satoshi's white paper, and one of my favorite parts in reading it is uh, how he explains the denial of service protection. Um, and, and when we look at the old cryptocurrencies before we had distributed ledger technology, Bit Gold, Hash Cash, I feel like that was a piece that they couldn't quite figure out: is how do you have this crypto asset? this digital currency um, that can't be spanned with DOS attacks. And, and Satoshi's introduction of, well, let, let's you know have an, a fixed supply and economical model and then have it be mined through the process of um, consensus and proof of work. And then those blocks get mined and, and the miners get rewarded with that, uh, that mining reward through the use of energy that adds security to the network. Um, critical critical piece would you agree
1: absolutely yes
0: so then it it would seem with texas being abundant in natural resources uh renewables but obviously oil and gas this is just an incredible as you said match made in heaven uh what what kinds of things are you getting excited about over the next uh year
1: oh there's so much to be excited about um I'm a bit of an evangelist at heart, I think, from my original experience in New York City. And, you know, um, there's hope, there's hope, there's hope for life. And so that's kind of how I think about this space, this time in our history, as we are learning more and more about the beautiful synergy between Bitcoin mining and energy. Because cheap energy really is at the heart of a society's flourishing. And so, educating people about the way that Bitcoin is at the service of Texas energy, both on grid and off grid, right? Because on grid, with the Bitcoin miners, you've got a buyer of last resort, right? And so, we're able to purchase that energy that may not have a use in the middle of the night. But at the same time, Bitcoin mines are able to turn off in an instant if there's a need in order to shore up the strength of the grid. So on grid, there's a beautiful synergy there. But then off grid, as we spoke about earlier, monetizing all this waste energy that's out there, this lost energy that's out there. And that's one of the things I so love about the Bitcoin space is the way that it incentivizes um, ingenuity and it incentivizes um, finding the cheapest energy that you can find and utilizing it. It incentivizes um, looking at methane emissions from from all over and, 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 and not only cleaning it up, but using it to promote the economy, right and, and to bring jobs in that area. And additionally, one of the things that's so exciting about Texas right now, Um, Not only are we blessed with an abundance of energy, but we also have groups like the Texas Blockchain Council that are working to help regulators understand this space and make Texas one of the most regulatory friendly places for Bitcoin mining to be to attract people to the space. And so I'm sure Steve mentioned it to you last time you spoke, but the work that they are doing in partnering with state and federal lawmakers, being a part of their regulatory committees, brokering conversations between miners and the energy industry, and doing all they can to promote Texas as the premier destination for Bitcoin mining. So, so much to be excited about, so much education to be done, and I'm so grateful to be on the front lines of all of that and helping have those conversations to understand the potential that Bitcoin offers for our space, our, our state.
0: I agree with you 100 percent. There's just so much potential, so much opportunity for, for Texas specifically, uh, as you mentioned, just because of all the regulatory friendliness uh, and the abundance of energy. There is a lot of education that has to happen, having to Tell our regulators, tell our, our policymakers, and just uh, the general population of, hey, this is a really good thing. Uh, you touched on the on-grid mining. Of course, Steve and I did discuss that in our last episode. But one thing, one question I had as a point of feedback was, you know, why is it actually stabilizing the grid as far as uh, the on-grid mining? And my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is that. You know, if you're going to power a whole city or multiple cities, and especially in a, a state like Texas, where it's very hot and then occasionally you get a flash winter storm, uh, it, there's energy planning involved. And um, older, I guess, energy providers or, I guess, generators used fossil fuels. Now, you know, some have we have a little bit of nuclear going on and, of course, renewables. Um but all of that takes planning. And when you talk about stranded or, or really just wasted resources, if you don't plan correctly, a lot of those resources just go to waste because there's not that demand to use it. And that's where mining can be so fruitful is now you can monetize that, that wasted resource. And, and, and then if you don't need it anymore or if people need energy, you just instantly shut it off. To me, that is, we've not had something like that that can monetize in such a way.
1: Absolutely. And you know, there's there's several points at where it can stabilize um, the economy. First of all, with the stranded, as you turn it into power, you also have the the opportunity. It depends on if you have the contracts in place and the infrastructure set up, but you can actually sell that power back to the grid in a time of emergency. And so there's that. So new sources of power coming online. And then Texas has been trying to build out solar and wind and and all of those renewables, but the problem is the sun is not always shining and the wind is not always blowing. And so you're building out an energy farm, but it's not gonna be producing 100%, right? And so you're gonna have to recuperate the cost for building that out, which means you're going to need to have purchasers right because this one and this one and this one and this one together maybe equal what the fossil fuel was doing but you're spending a lot more to build that out and so if that's a direction that the state wants to go in then you're going to need to secure the people that can purchase that power to maximize the profits from it right because if you only have a certain amount of buyers, but you're trying to add all these new power plants in the renewable sphere, you're going to need a sponge to soak up all the unused time. But then also the truth is that oil is still one of the most power dense um, types of energy that we can get. And so to be able to, To add value to what's currently going on with the drilling and um, bring in a diversified stream of income with the Bitcoin mining there, or perhaps um, maybe grant regulatory benefits for the fact of mitigating the emissions. There's just so many ways that the Bitcoin mining can come in and strengthen what's already going on in every sphere of energy here in Texas.
0: Yeah, wonderfully said, Christine. Um, So when it comes to Texas flared gas mining, uh, what, what kinds of things are you looking for from an investment opportunity perspective?
1: So whenever you're going to be judging a Bitcoin mining opportunity for investment, the mining that has the lowest cost of power, all else being equal, wins. So you want to be looking, well, how leveraged is the company that you're investing in? But you really want to be looking at what is the price that they're getting their power for, because that's going to dictate how much um, of a spread between the spot price of Bitcoin and what you're actually getting the Bitcoin for. And so that's one of the reasons that we decided to invest in giga energy, because with the stranded natural gas, you know the henry hub price maybe it's around seven right now um it, it's been fluctuating but you can get we've been getting bitcoin we've been getting stranded natural gas for a dollar or sub a dollar and so what that does is it brings our cost for mining bitcoin way down so if you were to just plug in a bitcoin mining computer into the wall you'd be paying about 12 cents a kilowatt hour Some of the best miners out there, the publicly traded ones, they're mining Bitcoin at sub five cents a kilowatt hour, maybe 4.5 cents a kilowatt hour. With the stranded natural gas, we're able to be mining Bitcoin at around 2.2 cents a kilowatt hour. And so what that does, if you know anything about the way that the Bitcoin system works, is it adjusts its difficulty of mining So that there's only a new block created about once every 10 minutes. And with each of those new blocks is how new Bitcoin are released. And so with the mining, when the cost of Bitcoin stays down and the cost of power keeps going up, the problem you run into is that it's costing you more to mine then you're able to recuperate by selling the Bitcoin. And so for a lot of these companies, especially that rushed in during the excitement, you know, back when we were in a bear market and everybody, it was the big gold rush, right? You're gonna make a lot of money. And so they over leveraged themselves or they bought mining equipment at um, a very high price. Well, now that Bitcoin's been down for so long and energy's been going up, a lot of those companies are being liquidated. And so what ends up happening is the mining equipment is sold at a very cheap price. And so we've been able to come in and buy at at a much lower price than the people who bought the equipment are selling it to us. And because we have such a low cost of power, it allows us to just keep mining and stay alive while other mines are shutting down. And so when you're looking into a Bitcoin mining investment, it's really important to look at those fundamentals. Um, What are you getting your power for? How long has the company been in business? Do they know what they're doing? Because there's just things that you're not aware of. And if you're not in the space, and so someone who's just pitching a new idea, they may not be aware that as more and more people come online, it's gonna be harder and harder to buy Bitcoin, uh, to mine Bitcoin. And so you're gonna to have to factor that in, that year over year, it's gonna get less profitable. And so you wanna be thinking about all these things, the cost for being a part of the pool, because with each individual Bitcoin miner, it's much more profitable to be a part of a big group that's mining Bitcoin. And then every time anyone in the group Mines it or wins the prize, then they all get a percentage of that. And so you need to be able to factor all those different expenses in. So that's where it really separates a lot of the investment opportunities. You know, are they even aware of that? So that's a bit of a red flag if, if they can't, um, you know, put all those things into their pro forma and, and be honest with the investors about what to expect regarding returns.
0: And don't forget to factor in the taxes too, especially if you're a larger business is the first year, typically you're getting bonus depreciation and, and there's not a um, immediate windfall from a tax perspective, perspective, but in years two, three, four, five, and so on. Yeah, that's absolutely something you've got to be considering. Um, and as we approach the next halving cycle, and I'm sure, uh, you probably agree with, agree with me that the network will probably experience a, an increase in, um, in price action or s- somewhat of a higher volume. Um, yeah, that's that's gonna be something that you've got to consider is as you mine, the way the tax rewards work, gotta recognize income on current mining rewards. Um, yes, so, that's yeah.
1: that's also one of the things that we liked about the, the stranded natural gas Bitcoin mining is the generators are able to take accelerated depreciation. So you can factor some of that in um, with, with the depreciation to kind of uh, help with the other taxes, but yes, all those different things. There's so much to consider when you're looking at a good investment.
0: <laughs> well, as a reminder, everyone, this is not investment advice. Please do do your own research and study, but Christine and her firm are a great resource to have some discussions with. Um, Christine, thank you so much for your time. We have time for one last question that I wanna ask you, and then we'll wrap up the show, But as I studied the, that difficulty pattern that you alluded to, I have noticed that it is uh, reaching all time highs in terms of difficulty recently. In other words, it, it keeps that difficulty keeps going up and up and up. However, Bitcoin's price action is trading pretty much sideways between 18 and a half and about 20 or so today. It's, I think, 19 and a half. What, what, how does that all amalgamate into? uh the economics of bitcoin right now it seems a little bit of a, of an anomaly to me
1: yes um and part of the reason bitcoin has never lived through a bear market before it's it was born for such a time as this right so it was it was launched right during the great financial crisis and in the first block it's it was um referenced the heading of the the london t- financial times on that day chancellor on the brink of second bailout for banks so, yes, what you point to is that traditionally, when the hashing rate is at a all- all-time high, Bitcoin's price goes up with it. Um, and so we're, we're kind of in uncharted waters right now with the quantitative tightening. Bitcoin's never lived through that before. And if you're familiar with the dollar milkshake theory and, and the thought that the dollar gets stronger as the rest of the currencies weaken against it, Um, So we're in very strange economic times right now. It's hard to look back at Bitcoin's history and know what it will do. But eventually, the miners are going to have to recuperate their costs. And so there is going to come a point when you just, it's, you know, well, there's no promises with investments. But the idea is that as the amount of Bitcoin produced is cut in half every four years, um, and the cost of it gets higher and there's more and more people competing. It does. The hope is that it becomes a bit of a forcing function that eventually the price is going to start going up again. So that's my thoughts on that. It's hard to say. I, I just don't want to predict. Um, but I see what you're seeing. And I think all of us are in Bitcoin. Um, you, we came for the gains. Right. And so there's the hope that um The beauty of the system and just the value proposition for the world of bitcoin will be the cause of it continuing to go up
0: (laughs) absolutely agree to caveat one thing you said bitcoin had never been lived through a bear market you mean macroeconomically because bitcoin in a crypto market has survived three bear markets and done just fine
1: (laughs) a bitcoin bear market right Yes yes, yes. yes. But but yes. from the more um, like from the S&P 500 standpoint, um, it's, it's interesting because Bitcoin, um, we obviously when I started Noah's Bitcoin, the thought is that it could be an inflation hedge because you can't print more of it. Right. It has not been behaving that way recently. And that's a bit of an elephant in the room. Right. That It's very correlated right now with the NASDAQ. And with the um, riskier assets, um, but we'll see, because I think that if you take a step back and you look at Bitcoin as a whole, we're so early in the adoption curve and the market cap that's in it, I mean, it's, it's a fraction. If you look at the bond market. So if there ever becomes a time when people start looking for a place that is more sound in the sense that you can't print more of it. Um, If even just a little bit of that came into Bitcoin, um, I mean, who knows what could happen? So um, hopeful, I'm very hopeful for the future. I believe in it. That's why I've kind of dedicated my life to educating about it. Um, But we'll see, we'll see what happens.
0: We will see. Christine, thank you so much for the time. We'll absolutely have you again um, in a future episode. But in the meantime, we will call it a day. Thank you.
1: Thank you.